This episode today is brought to you by Edge Wallet. Don't want to manage your private keys? You still have to, but Edge <laughs> will make it easier for you. Welcome so, to Web3 for Basic Bitches. I'm your host, Vanessa. And I'm Claudia. And today our episode is What the Fuck is DeFi versus CeFi? What is the difference? Why does it matter? Yeah, sprinkle a little tea with FTX in there. Um, so we'll we'll get into it in a bit, but first let's do a little check-in because we've been MIA for a few days. What? Just a few days. <laughs> What's the scoop? What's been going on? Well, I mean, we were in San Francisco last week, or I guess like 10 days ago. If you've been following us on social media, we were in the program nights and weekends with Build Space. You know, we all got to go out to SF, hang out. Um, well, not really hang out, like really yeah, like it was work. Yeah, it was work. It was yeah. like gamified working. Mm -hmm. It got pretty competitive in, in the best way. There were a lot of really great projects that came out of it. Getting back into work mode. We're going to ETH Denver. We have a lot of things happening with the podcast. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we um, ended up getting a sponsorship partnership too. Yeah, so that's, that's very huge. Exciting. So stay freaking tuned. If you're wondering yeah. where we are right now, we're mm -hmm. in lovely San Diego. All thanks to Edge Wallet. We were here yesterday and fucked up twice. So what happened last night? Last night, we were all excited about the setup. We were like, okay, cool. This is going to be the best episode ever. We yep. recorded the episode. So Amazing. Started listening back to it and realized we did not check the mics. Welcome to Web3 for Basic Bitches. <laughs> no, it, it took... We recorded the entire thing. On the microphone from my laptop. And so you had this like intense echo. echo. And then we were like, okay, we need to redo that because that sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. We did it again. Our energy level Our was energy like, was plummeted down. Like it was not worth watching at no. all. Your own bank, you are in charge of your own assets. I couldn't even edit it. It we broke our hearts. It. What makes you a basic bitch? Ooh, today? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's I'm hard kombucha. hard kombucha. <laughs> um, it's also Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Do you have any special plans? special plans make love what makes you a basic bitch today um wearing the same outfit as yesterday and does that make you a basic jacket bitch though, or does that just make you wearing a jean jacket else? my jean jacket always let's get into the episode so just a quick overview we'll mm -hmm. talk about tradfi cfi get into defi talking about ftx a little bit a little sprinkle some tea and then we'll conclude we can't talk about CFI or DeFi until we talk about TradFi. But the episode title would be too long if we also added that in. Claudia, tell me about TradFi. What is it? TradFi is traditional finance. It's what you think about when you think of the word finance. Large institutions, banks, governments, and corporations that control and manage our money. Give me some examples of some TradFi that you think of. Vanguard, I think of index funds, Chase Bank. Controlled by? A small group of people yep. that make these laws and break these laws, but seem to never be accountable for what happens. They never have to put up with any repercussions on, on what they do. What does TradFi give us the ability to do? TradFi gave us the opportunity to earn money on our money. Mm. How do you finance? You exactly. need TradFi. If you want to buy a house, you're not going to have even $100,000 in cash. You're going well, to How do you make it grow too? You know? Right, exactly. And so traditional finance really built the system of these different kind of ways that we can 
yeah, borrow, just, lend. We couldn't be a functional society if we didn't have TradFi. Seafi, yeah. what is it? Why do we love it? And why do we absolutely hate it? Um, all right, so Seafi. Seafi is Seafi has okay. Seafi <laughs> has Seafi does all the things that traditional finance does as well as introduces cryptocurrency as an investment. In TradFi, there are all things like fractional reserve lending. CFI also does that, but doesn't actually warn people that that's what's happening. It's pretty illegal what they're doing. CFI allows you to do a lot of the cool things that you're able to do in traditional finance, like earn money on your money by lending it out. Mm -hmm. You're able to take loans out as well. But the huge difference is that in traditional finance, you have this thing called the FDIC. It's insurance for your money that's deposited at a bank. And CFI institutions don't have this type of insurance on cryptocurrency. They may have this insurance if your funds are in USD, but odds are if you're interacting with an exchange, you're probably holding some sort of cryptocurrency. We want to nail down on today's episode about CFI is that you need to manage your own private keys. Mm -hmm. If you it's a special 24. Yeah, it is the number one thing that has really hurt people um, in the past years, you know, since ever, since like the first time people, they thought they invested their money somewhere that they could trust. And then it turns out the founder, the CEO of the company was like a pretty sketchy person and they took yeah. the funds. And, and that not was your keys, not your crypto. Thank you. So have you ever watched our, our pilot? Baby episode. Talk about keys and how important they are. When you think about CFI, what you're essentially doing is you have a bank account somewhere but the person who has your password to this bank account isn't you. Your master password. Yeah, your master password that can be reset, that um, funds can be moved out of that Controls account without everything. your consent. Now imagine that situation and then think there are no regulations. People are gonna try and take advantage and it's just you have to be cautious and careful about where you keep things, who you tell it to, um, because you could be you could have a lot of assets in these exchanges and then in the blink of an eye they take everything not to get super like not to get super <laughs> Debbie intense right now. yeah i need to like soften my face i can feel myself when you're first starting out with crypto the first thing you should get and have enough money for is a hardware wallet so you so when you start interacting with these exchanges then you have something where your assets can actually go to that you own and that people can't take it away unless you somehow lose it. Then don't lose your, your private keys. Don't do that. So yes. What is your experience with, with CFI? What have, you know, have you dabbled in CFI yourself? Well, fortunately, my experience in CFI has oh, been good. It's been fine. But there have been a lot of people that I do hear of where they lose their their assets or you know just one cfi uh, institution after the other last year we're all coming down which we can talk about later but how about you how do you feel about it do you keep your crypto in an exchange yeah some of it i don't keep all of it in exchange i keep um the vast majority of it in a hardware wallet but yeah not if it gets over a certain number then i'm 
way more inclined to actually transfer it versus keeping it in an exchange. Yeah, same here. I am all about dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost averaging means you're investing a fixed amount of funds over a regular time period. No matter what the price is, whether it's really high, whether it's really low, you're still buying. So I do this with with my cryptocurrencies. I'm a hodler. Do you have a certain amount that you pay? (laughs) That I invest in every month? Yeah, I do. So every two weeks, every time I get paid, I buy some um, crypto on Coinbase, and then once a month, I then transfer those funds onto my hardware wallet. That's how, that's how I use centralized finance. Buy cryptocurrency with fiat, and then put it into a wallet. And that's about it. I'm not a crazy trader. Like, I don't do anything wild. Yeah, not a day um, trader, no. I don't have the heart for that. It's too no, stressful. There are people who do it. Or Yeah. Yeah. But, like, my hands are sweating right now. I can't think about doing that. <laughs> How did you lose a thousand dollars? CFI. There was this credit card called BlockFi, and I was really attracted to the fact that it didn't have an annual fee, that I earned Bitcoin for my purchases, and I felt okay, cool. I already do this, and I earned free fiat. I much rather get Bitcoin because that's way more valuable. I had heard the whole like, don't if you don't own your keys, you don't own your crypto. It's not gonna be me, stop. Yeah, this that... this credit card looks too professional. It's Amazing. black, sleek. <laughs> oh, that's another thing good with c is, is the UI looks cool. Yeah, if the UI looks good, you should be a little suspicious. <laughs> I get this credit card, I'm earning all these points, and then I see this offer that is like, hey, come like put your money in this wallet and you're gonna earn interest on it. And I thought, I don't really know right now, but at the time, all my money was in CFI. Like I didn't have a lot in crypto, so it just never felt like necessary. Okay, like in worst case, I'm one of those people that lose their crypto. It's like not that much, but of course, like over time, like this does continue growing. And so, I had some money saved up, and I thought, you know, fuck it, let me go play in DeFi. So I brought over a thousand dollars, and I like staked it, or I thought I was staking it, um, and I transferred. Oh, no, not on the credit card. So because I had a BlockFi credit card, I was already now on their platform. Mm-hmm. And so I could see the other services that they provide. Okay. I already have so many accounts. Can I just do it with my credit card account? This seems legit because like literally that's so what then I told you did myself. It and then Yeah, because what? I thought I see Visa. Like there's no fucking way Visa is going to be attached to something sketch. But what happened? So, I put my money in and I earned interest. Like I was like making, I was like showing it off. I was telling my friends about it. I was like, yo, like get the BlockFi credit card. Yeah, you get anyone free... who would ask should yeah. always be like, yeah, BlockFi, it's, BlockFi. It's so cool. Like you get free Bitcoin. I would refer people. And uh, then when the FTX thing went down, mm-hmm. the contagion that there was in, in CFI in uh, early, late, mid 2022, when they all just started falling down like a domino effect. And so, yeah, so right now I have over like $1,200 locked up in some BlockFi wallet. Yeah, she that... can't use. So that's DeFi. Yeah, that's um, DeFi. So let's get into DeFi. DeFi. What is DeFi? Take a guess. Decentralized finance. Or finance, if you want to say it that way. But don't finance. say it that way. That's how TradFi people say Why it. are you... <laughs> Have you ever watched Bloomberg and they're just like finance, finance? Is that a movie? Anyway, what is DeFi? 
DeFi is decentralized finance where you're able to do the same services that TradFi offers you, but now you do them in a permissionless and in a trustless way. How is it permissionless? How is it trustless? We can start with permissionless first. So how does that happen? Permissionless. Well, the way this happens is that there's no central authority governing who's able to bring their funds in, who's able to participate in this network. Mm. For example, if you and I go to Spain right now, we probably can't open a bank account because we don't have the proper credentials because we're not Spanish citizens. Mm. We don't have an address. It's a very permissioned network. That you have to get first. Exactly. Whereas in DeFi, anybody can enter. I think another great example is when we think about Russia and Ukraine and what Mm. happened last year and what's still happening right now, a lot of people, Russians were, were sanctioned by the world and they over overnight they lost access to to their funds yeah Um, couldn't access anything from their accounts everything that they had gone just taken yeah it's insane over something that your your country decided to do yeah yeah like you know you had no no say whether you agreed with it or you didn't you don't have access to it it's it's kind of crazy and so DeFi comes in and it gives us an alternative solution of this big problem. Anybody with an internet connection can open an account, make an account with Uniswap, make an account with Aave, and you are now able to participate in this ecosystem that is very permissionless. How is it trustless? It's actually DeFi if the product is based around smart contracts. What does that mean? Smart contracts. Smart contracts are instructions on the code, and once a certain amount of conditions are true, then the contract executes accordingly. And an example to think about is a vending machine. You can have a vending machine, and you can just interact with it, putting in a dollar bill, you get your soda. If you don't put in a dollar bill, you don't get your soda. If you put in more than a dollar bill, you get your change. And yet you don't So there are like very clear guidelines as to this is what happens and this would happen. This is what happens and that will happen. So what prevents people from going in there and trying to change things or like hack the code? How do you trust it? Mm -hmm. Well, it's because smart contracts are deployed on a blockchain. And a blockchain, remember when we talked about your journal entry, your notebook, once those pages are written on, they can't be changed. Okay, so... What we're looking at now is the Aave website. Aave is a liquidity protocol. What is that? Think about anytime you go to a bank, you need to borrow money. You pay the bank interest so that the bank can give you money. What the bank is doing is it's providing you collateral. And for that collateral, you're paying an interest rate. What Aave does is it does the same thing only without banks. Let's go into the app. We're going to look at this kind of um, all the Ethereum assets, but you're gonna take a look at it now. We're gonna block it out to give you some tunnel vision. I have $10,000 and it's sitting in my hardware wallet. And I'm thinking, wow, I wish I could earn interest on this because inflation is so high. Is I could provide collateral to Aave so that they can then loan that out to other people. And when I mean Aave, I mean the smart contract. How does this work? So you go to a bank and the bank tells you yo you want to borrow money this is what you're going to be paying for interest and you're like okay cool this is i guess what i'll do but on the other hand if you have that excess capital and you want to provide it now you can see what you're able to earn now i know what you might be thinking vast these numbers are really low like there's less than 0.01 percent on some of these yeah and that does suck but honestly 
it's because that's the way the market is. See, unlike CeFi, where they're going to be promising you outrageous returns, the whole point of DeFi is that it's sustainable. And right now, the market's not great. We're not in a bull market. No, so Recap on everything that we've talked about, TradFi, CeFi, and DeFi. So TradFi, BoomerFi, it's what you think of when you think of finance. Uh, these large corporations that own and control money, basically. CeFi, what is CeFi? CeFi is fire, run away. Just kidding. It's centralized <laughs> finance, and sometimes you need them, especially if you want to enter the crypto yeah, market. We However, use it. yeah, but get your money off the exchanges. Just if you don't own your private keys, you don't own your crypto. Therefore, you are on CeFi. Then let's go into DeFi. What is DeFi? DeFi, you are your bank. <laughs> you are in control of your assets, and it is permissionless and trustless. So now we have FTX. What's the T with that? Well, the tea is still unfolding, actually, mm. but we can give you a high level of what the events happened and why everybody lost their money at FTX. Yes. Well, they haven't lost it yet, technically, but they don't have access to it. Sam Bankman Freed, also known as SBS, you've probably seen him on the side of yeah. a train Sleepy or a hair. bus pass. Well, this dude is the owner of FTX, also the owner of Alameda Funds. Yes. Alameda Funds is his hedge fund that made him very rich, made him very successful in crypto. And so after he had Alameda Funds, he then created his, his cryptocurrency exchange called FTX. When Coindesk reported their balance sheet at Alameda Funds looked a little sketchy, little it was because Alameda Funds had a lot of FTT tokens, the FTX native tokens, which in other words, it was just a lot of the presumed value of FTX was an investment in his hedge fund. Mm. So yeah. just not illegal. So who like caught wind of that? Who looked at the report and was like, you know what, let me do my own investigation. Owner of Binance, another cryptocurrency exchange. This guy is like, yo, this looks really sketch. So we're going to get rid of our remaining coins in FTX. And we're going to tweet about it. And make a thread about it. So everyone ran. Everybody ran. Everybody ran to FTX. To grab their stuff. <laughs> the ones that could. And so as you can imagine, FTX canceled all withdrawals. It was panic and it was a big problem because FTX was a very known figure. He was like pretty high up there as far as politicians. He was like a representative basically for the crypto space and helping out regulations and laws that had to do with crypto. And then for him to just like... And just, do something so sketchy well where did all this money go because he to be honest we couldn't find an exact number of how much he's yeah i kept seeing like but there was eight billion back in may we kind of earlier in the episode talked about this contagion with cfi and how there was a big domino effect well it all kind of started with Terra. Terra was an algorithmic stable coin and it was promising outrageous returns and a 20%. lot of people, yeah, like 20% on a stable Ridiculous. coin. So imagine like bringing your US dollars, like a place where Terra Luna, then Terra Luna explodes, it gets exploited. Mm -hmm. And all these people that had made really, really big bets on Luna were now forced to pay out and they weren't able to. So a lot of them got liquidated, like Celsius, Voyager. A lot. Um, a lot of them, BlockFi like got bailed right out the back other. then. Um, I believe. I'm pretty sure that 
BlockFi got bailed out back then. And I remember thinking I should probably take my money out. And then I thought, well, if we made it through one time, odds are they're not going to fuck up again. I Boy, mean, was I wrong. Yeah, you don't really think it's going to be you. But yeah. then it is. Yeah, but then it is. It always and so is. That's, that's what happened with FTX. And right now it's still kind of the news yeah. is still evolving. But so what makes FTX different even though this whole thing of like what we've been hearing with ftx and everything that's been going on what makes people so excited still about DeFi? i think what it makes people excited about DeFi is that well i think what makes people so excited about DeFi is that knowing that ftx was just DeFi, and DeFi is doing okay mm -hmm. you know they didn't you're not making riches at ave as you saw by those yields but you're also not going to be in a position where you're going to be losing your coins. Always remember, do your own research. If you're unsure if it's CeFi, then Google it. And if that still doesn't give you an answer, put it in our comments. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We are Web3 for Facebook bitches. Watch our things everywhere. And we'll see you next time.